Welcome to Authentic Influence Live. This is Anthony Chance Move from Simple Creative Marketing. And uh, we are talking about design today. Um, more specifically, ways to make your site user-friendly. And that way you can keep more people around. Uh, I've got with me Colleen Keith, who is a freelance graphic designer. Uh, that's right, isn't it? Web designer um, and someone who helps entrepreneurs to grow their companies and make a positive and powerful impact in the world. Now she offers small business strategy and recommendations along with her design work uh, and design services in an effort to help her clients make the world a better place. I love that. Uh, welcome, Clean. Thanks, glad to be here. And uh, Clean is also one of my best mates ever. Uh, and so ever. it's been like three years to try and get her on an interview. So this is really, really exciting. That's not, you should have sent me a link. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about design and the things that you do. Now, you call yourself a WordPress stylist, is that right? I'm changing that. Apparently, it was confusing. Ah. So, okay. yeah. Um, always never be scared to like test and change things. Um, I thought it would make me niche down, but it actually was very confusing for everyone. So, let's just call me a web designer and a graphic designer and leave it at that. Um, yeah, and I help my clients do both. Either they just need graphic or they just need web, or sometimes they need both together. Yeah. yeah cool. Uh, so, the website is ColleenKeefe.com. If you want to go check that out and see her portfolio, it's amazing. Uh, we worked together at when I was working at Hub Australia. That's where we actually met uh, here in Hub Sydney. And uh, back then, Colleen was a nomading, freelancing, vagabonding, crazy person hanging out at Bondi Beach. Uh, and uh, it, it was just amazing, amazing times. And so, and you did a lot of work for Hub Australia as, as well, like for their, their mm -hmm. um, digital assets. And so let's talk about design uh, as it relates to this particular topic. So why is it important to consider design when either launching a website or you've already, maybe you've already got a website uh, and you want, again, the goal here is to make it engaging and keep people on the site. So why, is, why design elements or, or why do we need to apply design principles to that? So even if they don't notice it, people are becoming more and more high maintenance with their design and the standards of design because the more and more that they use the web, the more they go online and see everything, the standards of design are just climbing and climbing and climbing. So if you're a bit stuck behind and kind of just made a basic website just with text all over it, then they're automatically going to, subconsciously, they don't even know that they're doing this, they're automatically going to perceive your business as being less professional because you haven't got a professional looking website based on the professional standards of the day. So it's really important also for legibility and for people to be able to visually navigate your website um, seamlessly and easily. So if everything's really cramped and crowded and there isn't some obvious actions that that they should take or they want to take, people really need to be directed into what they should be doing on a website. So if that isn't clear to people, they're going to become frustrated and then they're, they're probably not going to stay on your site. They're going to go to look at your competitors or they're going to send you a message being like, I hate your website. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and that's really like, I love that you said that. And I, I know you spent a lot of time studying design uh, and, and you know, principles for you know, things like user experience and, um, you know, what makes a professional brand. So maybe I know you, you also published a, 
like a while back he did a, a guide on, on what you know, different logos and, and the different types of logos that, that are out there and how they represent brand. So maybe you can just talk a little bit about what brand means to you um, and how does it relate to some of the clients that you work with and their journeys. Yeah, so so a brand is is a brand is not just a logo. First of all, everyone always thinks the brand equals the logo. It's not true. So a brand um, a brand encompasses a logo. It's also including your colors, your photography, the tone of voice that you that you give in all of your content or the way you talk to people. Um, you see a lot of celebrities have a very specific brand. They always look a certain way or they dress a certain way, and that's the brand that's been created for them. So just the same thing with your own business. Are you very clean and professional? Are you really artsy and wild and interesting? You know, you want all of your, all of the things that you put out to the world and show to people to look the same so that people know what to expect from you and can also, um, they just, they'll trust you more as well because they'll be like, oh, she looks really consistent or he looks really consistent. I really like how they're, how they're, showing themselves forward they're not constantly like this week they're red and next week their logo is green and you know it consistency is really um great for brand loyalty people know what to expect and they like things that don't change i really want to sort of jump in on the consistency part because i think that's where a lot of small business particularly can get it wrong because they kind of one month the, the the color palette looks a certain way, another month they've changed the the you know the type font, the typeface, and the colors are different. And so, like, I want to nail that point home because um, for some people it's like, oh, but I want my brand to be fresh and dynamic. And so, though, how can they be fresh and dynamic without necessarily changing everything and losing that consistency? So it's as I said before, it's good to test and change, but do, definitely do test and change within your brand that you've created. And if you feel like nothing's working, then go get a fully new brand and you can totally recreate yourself. Just don't do it every month, right? So <laughs> yeah, so you can do it maybe every few years, get a brand refresh or something like that. Um, but yeah, if people wanna be, um, try something new within their brand, but um, it's totally, um, normal to want to do that because there's all sorts of trends going on and like oh i have to do stories now as well as instagram posts and all these things so definitely like keep the basics of your brand keep your logo the same keep your colors the same keep your fonts the same or your typography and then try and experiment around that maybe you start to slowly shift towards um black and white photos instead of color ones you know like do it slowly and um and try it out and see how people react to it. So try and change just one thing at a time slowly so that it isn't a huge big change unless you're doing a rebrand, right? So a rebrand is different than evolving your brand. And what would be, I know you've done, I worked with a couple of clients on rebrands. So when does it make sense to actually start doing a rebrand? A rebrand is when First of all, you look at your web, your website or your brand and you're like, eh, I'm not loving it anymore. My clients aren't loving it. They're not, or I'm not getting the, the visitors or the market that I want. Or if you are completely changing your offerings. So, um, so I've had lots of business owners say, okay, well, I'm going to, I was uh, this kind of designer who also did copywriting and all of these things. And now they're like, okay, now I'm only 
a book cover designer only. You know, like, so if people are niching down, they might want to be like, okay, well, here's my brand, but I'm just going to change it a bit to reflect some new thing that I'm offering. Or if the market is really not responding to the brand that you currently have, then maybe it's time for a refresh. And that helps clients not be totally confused. Cause they're like, oh, I was just at this website last week and now it's all different and I don't get it. So if it's a refresh, it's really easy for them like, oh, it just looks a bit newer and a bit shiny, a bit more refined. Oh, that's nice. Like they're kind of impressed that you've put in the work, but you're still recognizable and they can still um, feel comfortable with you. Yeah, I kind of liken that to the difference between a new hairstyle versus completely doing your redoing your face. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's you know, yeah. it, it, person recognize you, are you still the same person underneath? Um, now something you've done for me and Simple Creative Marketing, which has been tremendous, has been to put together a brand style guide. Uh, is that something that uh, that you feel is really important for small businesses to have? Yes, and like I have one for myself, literally, like, and I, you'd think I would know all the colors off the top of my head, but you know, I work with so many brands that I actually have a little, a little document that I'm like, no, these are your colors and stick to your colors. And sometimes if I'm making something new and I'm like, oh, I'll experiment a little bit, like, no, wait, no, it's this blue. That's what I'm using. Even if people don't, even if people like you ask someone, oh, do you notice that it's a different blue? They'll be like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't think so. But subconsciously, they do notice that the brand is different. Okay. They may not need to be able to pinpoint why it's different, but they do notice that it's different. And over time, this builds brand loyalty and people want to, people want to have what they expect. So, um, yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend everyone to have a brand style guideline, even if you're a one person or a team for everyone to constantly refer to, just remember it, look at it once a week, once a month, and just refresh your knowledge of what your brand should be while you're creating content or making your website. So for those who are not familiar with a style guide, what, how could they use it? Um, like, let's say they get a designer or someone like you to create the style guide or they do one themselves. How do they then use that document? So a style guide is a very, very basic style guide. It's going to be like, okay, here's your logo. Here's all the different iterations of your logo. Like you might have a long one and a square one maybe. And then here's the colors that you use in your brand, not necessarily just the colors in your logo, but the colors that you can use in your brand. And then also here's the typography that we use. And because there's um, a lot of differences between print and digital typography, you may have both in there. Um, and then much bigger style guidelines can get into like what, what do our photos all need to have? So they all may need to be, um, I work with one company, all needs to be women because they're they they focus on women's health, but then it also they want it to be very um, multiracial, and they definitely want to have you know like so that in their style guideline they'd be like it all needs to be women and it always has to have at least two different racial um, racial representatives. So, um, so the, yeah, yeah. So what I'm hearing is like the style guide is the visual representation or expression of your message, your voice. Uh, your your values, like what what yeah. you're all about as a company, okay? Because yeah. in yeah, in the copywriting world, we have a tone and voice sort of I wouldn't call it a style guide, but it's a similar thing where if you're gonna have people write for you or, or have 
you know, out, whether it's your outsourced or you hire people in your team, um, you want them to have a consistent tone of voice in all the yes. content you put. Yeah. Yes. And that I've also included that in some people's style guidelines as well. The more expanded ones where they're not just looking at the visual components, they're also looking at because they're going to have copy, they're going to send it to all their suppliers. So they'll send it to all their copywriters and their web designer and the person who puts the things up on social. And so everyone's going to see this and they'll just have a really clear view of this is what everything we make should look like. Love it. Okay, cool. So let's talk about these tips that you put together around uh, website uh, user experience and, and how to really create a great website. Uh, do you want to walk us through sort of those, those 10 tips that you've got there? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've got this on as a new blog post on my website. And did you want to share the screen? So Does that help? We I can, do that. can share my screen. Never done. Oh, right. There's a share the screen button. Isn't that helpful? Uh, one moment. And you'll see Anth make an appearance yes, on my blog post. OK. Love so, Okay, so are you seeing that? Uh, did you hit share? Yeah. You should. If you hit share, you should see. You should show a little share thing on the bottom of your screen because I'm not oh, seeing yes. it. Oh yes, there we go. Yeah. Right. There we go. Okay. Here we okay. go. There we go. All right. So let's walk us through it. All right. So I've got like ten little tips for you to make a website that everyone's everyone's going to spend more time on. They're not going to immediately come to it and be like, oh, this is, I don't understand. And this is confusing. You know, it took too long to load. So these are my top tips for making a website that will give you a really low bounce rate. So which basically means less people are leaving your site really quickly. Um, so first one is to keep your design really, really simple. So don't get too fancy or elaborate. You really want your visitors to know exactly what you want them to do and what you're offering. So strip your website down um, or your, your uh, whatever content you're creating down to the very, very basic content and functionality it needs. And then once it's down to its basic, then dress it up a little bit with your brand, add some photos in here and there, but don't make it so visually stimulating that they don't really know what they're supposed to do on the website. Or um, when things are really, really fancy and too elaborate, some people get confused, especially the older generation. So just make this really nice and simple for everyone. You also wanna have, uh, point number two, you wanna have a one main call to action or a CTA on each page. So um, as you can see with Anthony's uh, website here that I designed for him. So he has one call to action on the homepage that is um, to sign up for something. So you wanna repeat it. I think we repeat it two or three times down his page. You wanna have it at the top and then also have it in the footer. And just don't give them like, oh, you can download this. You can also check out my podcast. You can also get this cheat sheet. You can also download my ebook. Like just have one call to action on each page and make it the most important one, the one that's gonna do your business the most good. And I really like that because that's something where I see, I 
did the mistake of having like two or three things at once before, like <laughs> going back a few websites ago. Um, and I think that's really like what you're saying here. You really need to lead the user. Uh, you need to guide them to, hey, this is the thing that I want you to do, or this is the, uh, you know, if it's if it's book a call or, um, you know, hire me or whatever it is, uh, you want to really let them know this is the thing. And and we, we call it, you know, the, above the fold, right? So when they're looking yeah. at it on the desktop, um, that one thing should be very clear. You, if you've got three things, um, it's like walking to a, a grocery store and you have like all these aisles and you just go, what, what am I doing here? Right. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, you definitely want them to, to know what they're supposed to do here. People need a lot of direction on websites. Um, and you can definitely have more things that you offer people, absolutely. So um, up, up in your menu there, you could have, so Amph also has a blog, but he's not being like, oh, sign up for my thing and visit my blog in, in the, the main part of the website. He's having it up in his menu, the blog where people can find it over there if they want to. Okay, so you can have all of your different offerings, just try and pare it down to just one per page. So people understand what that page is for. Um, all right, let's move on. So tip number three, a high speed loading time. So definitely wanna invest time and possibly money if you're gonna have to um, hire someone to help you with this. You definitely want your speed loading quickly. So ideally three seconds or less, four or five seconds isn't gonna break the bank, but you definitely want it loading as fast as possible. This is, also goes into what uh, people are expecting these days. So really professional websites, when you go to your banking website or some sort of, um, just a really professional large corporation, their website's loading in like one or two seconds flat. So people are just expecting that these days. And if they see a very slow loading website, they're going to lose trust in it. They're going to think it's wrong. They're going to think, oh, this, I'm not going to bother with this website because I have to sit here and wait for it to load. And maybe it's not working properly. And then they're going to go off to your competitor. So high speed loading is very important. What are a couple of things that really affect site speed? Because I know you, you certainly worked on my site, but I know like what are a couple of things that typically are issues with websites that slow it down? So one thing I notice people doing when they make their own websites is they make the images too large. So this is not about how big it is in inches or millimeters. It's about how big the file size is. So you definitely want your images to be um, anywhere 300 kilobytes and less. Um, you just want your website to have to do less work to load them. So the bigger the images are, the more that your website's gonna have to work to load them. Um, when you use something like a GT metrics, and it can be a bit confusing at first, um, but it gives you a lot of information about why your site is slow, what to improve, and what specifically to improve. Like if you do a test at GT metrics and it says, oh, some of your images are too big. It'll tell you exactly which image is too big, which is really helpful. So um, yeah, cool. yeah, I would really invest some time. You can also um, hire someone to do it for you. There are um, speed experts or someone like myself may be able to go in and be like, oh yeah, I can see several things on your site that are really slowing it down already. So we can just deal with those quickly. And I think one that you've highlighted for me, which is probably notorious for a lot of WordPress users are all the plugins. <laughs> yes. Yes, you don't want too many plugins. So also p plugins slow things down and they also require a lot of maintenance. And yeah, it's just more scripts that are loading on your site. 
So as few plugins as possible. And um, when you work with um, some of the newer builders that are coming out, like I love to work with Elementor, Elementor does almost everything for you. So you, I need a lot fewer plugins than if I'm using a theme that requires a whole bunch of helper plugins to work. So yeah, there's a lot of things that can slow your site down, but starting with GT metrics is very helpful. Awesome. Yeah. Um, next one is uh, number four is having great mobile and tablet versions. So people are viewing websites more and more and more on tablet, or sorry, not on tablet, on mobile. Tablet's still around, but people aren't, it's not as big of an issue as mobile, okay? So um, arguably I'm seeing some numbers, it depends on the website and depends on the market, but some people use mobile to view websites even more than they use desktop. So this is really important to put some effort into to make mobile and uh, tablet version look really good and not completely screw up and be illegible when you open it. So that's really, really important. Um, all right, and you also wanna keep your menu really, really minimal. So try to have six items or less with really clear categories of your pages and content. Um, so if we go back up to example to AMP's, what, AMP's website, so this is, he's got only five things in the menu. And yes, some of those things have dropdowns, that's totally fine, you can have great big dropdowns if you want to, but if you come to a site with like 10 things in the menu, it's just a lot more work that the visitor has to do to figure out what they want and what they need out of this website. So just make it really clear for them, really walk them through and keep uh, your main menu really minimal. If you have other pages like your privacy pages that need to be available to people, just put them in the footer. People will eventually find them if they need them. So I think you said, to keep it under six, you've got, I'm just looking at your own menu there. So that's a great demonstration of, of this. Uh, you don't want to have too many things on there. Uh, yeah. And also, if you think about the mobile experience, you can have the, what do you call it? That thing that pops out, the pop out menu or whatever. Yeah, we usually call it a hamburger, but it can also be just a toggle. Yeah. So yeah. if I, yeah. this is, yeah, if I clicked this, it would come down with a little drop down menu of that, um, of this uh, client's website. Yeah. Cool. What do you um, yeah. think about the like the words? Like you know, how do you do? You have any tips around how to name the menu items? Because like, people use sometimes they use really weird, funky names that make no sense, uh, and you're like, that, what that really is is your services, but you're not calling it services. So you know, and, and how important is is getting the naming right just to make it easy for people to, to know what the hell is in the menu. Well, best is to look at what um, what the majority of people in your market are doing or what is just a general theme amongst websites. Again, you want people to get to what you're offering as quickly as possible. So if I've seen people say um, different things like about, they call it like meet me or or our team or something, which is fine. But about everyone understands that everyone will know exactly what that is when they go to it. Um, I've also seen different people write different things for um, blog, they could write it as articles or resources or something like that. And that's, and that's also a very personal decision based on what you're putting out there. But just think of what is the most basic name to illustrate what I'm providing and make it as short as possible. And definitely mm -hmm. leave contact always as contact, not as like connect with me or something, you know, it's just keep it short and simple. You can put all your 
connect and make friends with me and stuff, all that verbiage on the page. Don't put it in the menu. Love it. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah, minimal menu. So um, don't make your pages or content too long and wordy unless they're a very copy heavy blog post. Um, in which case refer to point eight, which I will get to. But as you see with this one, I broke up every two or three points with a visual. And it just, when I, before I put the visuals in, it just looked like an absolute long wall of text. And your, your eye kind of doesn't know where to start. Like it knows it should start at the top, but it looks just so long and, and too much effort. So it's really good to break things up and also if it is does have to be long. And also when you write your text for say your home page or your about page, write it and then see if you can make it shorter and then see if you can make it even more concise and shorter. Just edit it a few times and see how short you can make the same message because people are busy and people don't wanna read like, a huge three paragraph thing about why you offer your services. Okay. Yeah. And, and there's poor. a lot of uh, absolutely time poor. And there's a lot of, um, well, there's research out there that says most people will actually scan a page. So if, it's a, if it was an article page, for example, um, like you said, this could have been a, a, a long wall of text. Um, but I love that you have broken it up with images. Uh, you can embed video, you can embed audio, you can. Um, and I also love that you've used bold text to kind of make it easy for people to skim. So I can get the, the, top, the 10 points without having to read all the paragraphs. Uh, yeah. And then I might come back and dig you know, if I like a certain one, like I'm, oh, that, that add white space between sections of content, that's interesting to me. I'm going to read the rest of it. So that's how we typically uh, look at look at pages now. Yeah, yeah, people, I, I do this when I'm looking for like a kind of, I'm trying to learn something new and I've found a web page and I'm scanning it and I know a bit about that, that um, subject that I'm learning, but I don't want to, I want to skip to the part that I actually need, right? I don't want to read this person's entire intro and everything like that. People are time poor. If 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 people will read everything you've written, then that is fantastic. But a lot of people don't have the time anymore. So they're just going to read what is essential and what gives them the information they want. Um, okay, so I guess uh, tip number seven, number add a lot of, sorry? I said number seven, my favorite yeah. number. Yes, oh, well then. Uh, um, add white space between sections of content. Um, this just gives people a more pleasant experience when they are going down a page. So like this, it's got kind of an intro and then some white space. This section is very clearly different, um, but I haven't made it like super crazy with a great big photo in the background or anything. It's just obviously a different section with a bit of a different color. And then we've got some uh, white, again, space, and then the next section. So people like to understand what they're looking at. And this is obviously the intro, a little bit more information, then the testimonial, and then you go down to another call to action. Um, yeah, so just add some more white space between sections and people will, um, their eyes will thank you. People don't like to yeah. um, look at too many things all squished together. It's just so clean and I think it's something like walking into a closet and all the clothes are on the floor versus they're all hung up and they're separated nicely and, and you can kind of go, that's what's, what it's all about. You know, it, it's, yeah. there's a psychological effect going on. I love yeah. it. Yeah, definitely Mary Kondo, your, uh, your website. There you go. Yeah. 
Um, and again, as I spoke about before, break up text with graphics and images. Um, so again, if you have like a really long blog post or even a short one, people love images. This is how we're communicating more and more these days. So just make sure to add some images into um, all of your pages and especially your blog posts. Um, and also, um, Number nine, put socials and other distractions in the footer or farther down the page. Um, so Anthony specifically asked when I made his website to take all his social links out of his menu because he's like, I don't want people to get distracted by going to social things. I want them to see my homepage fully and then we can put the socials in the footer. So just like the privacy policy or other things that are not quite as important as your main call to action, you can put them there, they're available to everyone. The footer is website and any things that aren't the most important but are still important to offer to people. So like yeah, this website has our socials here. This is just so large, we wouldn't want to have it at the top of the website. Yeah. The way I like to think about it is you've, you've invited people to come to your house, right? Like that's what the website is, you know, to use that analogy or your party is, is at this venue. And then as soon as they get there, you're like, well, here are three doors that you can go into that will send you someone to someone else's house. Right. Yeah. And, and it's just kind of like, <laughs> that, that's what you don't want to do on your website. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, and my last, I have point number 10 and then a bonus bonus one. Um, so the, the point number 10 is if you have outbound links, like say you are referencing someone else's website or a so or your social post or something like that on your website, um, like this, like my contact me, although this is this is what we call an internal link. This is going to go somewhere else on my website. If you've got an external one, like if I was saying, I highly recommend to learn more about this on this person's website, make them open in a new window or tab because you don't want to be offering someone something helpful that also takes them away from your website. So that's um, every every website, it will depend how it's set up, but there will always be an option to make the link open in a new window or tab. Just uh, a little bit of a tip. Lastly, yeah, so to add to that, oh yeah. If we can add, yeah, you've, you've said for outbound links, make them go to another uh, tab or another pay, um, browser window. Um, so for internal links, so if you want people to, like if you've got links to other pages on your own site, would you say to keep those as not, I mean, have them uh, open in the same tab? Um, I would say it was be completely up to you. If you're really guiding someone through a web page and the end result is them to actually go somewhere else, then yes, make it make it not go to another page. But if you're saying, oh, I recommend to see another blog post or something like that, then you could have that open another tab. But generally, I would say all internal links, just keep them in the same one. They're, they're navigating through your website and they don't need multiple versions of your website popping up. So a simple rule of thumb, just keep it all in the same. Cool. Yeah. And my very last one is no annoying pop-ups. Everybody's <laughs> sick of them. Nobody likes them anymore. <laughs> there and also um, search engines are starting to uh, penalize websites that have pop-ups, especially on mobile. So you will be searched less on Google if you have pop-ups after a while. 
So just take them off. Unless you have a really amazing temporary discount that you're going to put up for just a week, then uh, then then uh, have a pop-up for that. But in general, no more pop-ups. Yeah, I think just a way to, if you want to offer things to people, I like what you've done on your menu. So you can scroll up to the top of that page. You can see on the right-hand side, you've got a uh, an offer there, which is to join your newsletter or whatever it is, I think on your sidebar. Um, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, that's a way to do it. You can have it there or you can have it on the footer as well, like on my website that, that Colleen did for me. Um, on the bottom of, of, of what I said was on the bottom of every page on the footer, um, th there we can offer people to go get the ebook, whatever it is. So yeah. that's a way to do it without annoying people with pop ups. Yeah, think, think about how to make it available without making it annoying. Everyone hates <laughs> pop ups now. <laughs> Love it. So let's quickly run through the, the 11 tips again. Um, just let's uh, just a, a recap, everybody. Uh, we started off with. Um, blah, 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 blah. keeping it simple with the design, not too fancy, not elaborate, um, and you don't want to confuse people and overwhelm people. Um, and then what was the second one, Colleen? Oh, here. Let's um, bring it up again. Um, yeah, so then one main call to action on each page. And um, number three is high-speed loading. Make sure it loads in three seconds or less, ideally. And you'll want to make sure you have great mobile and tablet versions. And also keep your menu really minimal, which you talked about that a lot. Don't make your pages or content too long and wordy. And make, make sure to break them up. Um, this is kind of point seven and seven and eight. Break them up with either spacing or with images. And put socials and any other distractions in the footer. And all outbound links going to other people's websites, just make them open in a new tab or a new window. New tab is easier for people. And then also no more pop-ups. Everyone hates them. <laughs> End the pop-ups. That, that's the yeah. mission that Colleen's on. Um, mm -hmm. I want to just thank you for sharing us those amazing tips. I know it took you uh, like really quick to put it all together. <laughs> um, it's really and... easy for me to be like, all the things I hate seeing on websites. Let's make a list. <laughs> uh, and this is definitely the work that Colleen does with, to help her clients optimize the sites, the designs, the layouts, all those cool things in the brand. Um, you've put together a free design uh, cheat sheet, which is on your website. So if anyone wants to go and grab that, what's on that cheat sheet, uh, and, and how how would be how would it be useful to someone watching this? Um, it's actually a library of cheat sheets. So I'm adding to them every few months. So whenever I make a blog post that I feel like people might not want to keep coming back to the blog post to reference it, they may just want the the important information. I'll make a little um, A4 cheat sheet that you can just download as a PDF. And then you'll be like, okay, which, which file type do I put if I want the transparent background? And then you can just go to that PDF wherever it is on your computer and reference it. So I've got ones for typography, I've got for colors, I've got for file types, um, all sorts of things. Cool. So just head over to ColleenKeefe.com. Uh, you can grab those there. I think on her banner, it's got on her menu, it's got free. If you click in there, you can uh, then go and access all the goodies. And uh, I've got one question for you before we wrap up, Colleen. So um, one thing that we, all, we ask our guests is just to share one strategy that's really worked for you to grow your business. Um, like how have you been able to promote what you do and, and put yourself out there? So uh, we started off this conversation before we hit live uh you, you talked about how you pretty much haven't used social media um and and like, like that's almost um, you know unne not necessary you know to grow a business so can you just share about your experience with that yeah so 
I have always struggled with like a marketing or a social media strategy. They just don't, it just doesn't come naturally to me. I'm, I don't want to think about it and it's fresh. It's stressful for me. So, um, but I just found over time that if I just took all my time to really treat my clients the best and improve my skills and then give people better work, then that spoke for itself and people just ended up referring me and referring me and talking about me to other people. So that's what's really worked for me is to put my time and energy into my clients and not into marketing. The very few people that have come to me through some social media posts that I did years ago, you can check my social feeds that I will be taking down at some point because I don't use them. Um, but some very few people came to me and they usually didn't ended up being great fit to work together in the end. So that's just what's worked for me. I find that a really good website and giving all your energy to the people that you're serving has worked for me the best. So if you feel that you need a social media strategy to run a business, this is not necessarily true. It works for some, it doesn't work for me. So how did you, like when you first started the business, how did you actually get in front of clients then if you weren't using social media? I talked to people. I just talked to everyone. I talked really like <laughs> actually face to face. Um, yeah, well, I started out in a co-working space that, in the Hub Australia that we worked at that I think that really was um, a very lucky position for me to be in because a lot of people there were wanting what I was offering. A lot of people starting businesses were wanting to refresh their businesses or their branding and they would come to me and be, and I was just available literally in the same building. So that was really helpful and a lot of, um, a lot of the clients that I have today were connections through that co-working space. So you may not have a co-working space near you or something like that, but there's all sorts of online business communities and, um, and it is COVID who knows when we can go out and meet people like usual again. So just like join some communities and really, I really like to focus on, on just one. So there's a really nice community that I put all my effort into. If there's too many, I'm, stressed and stretched and I don't know where to put my energy into. So I like to really niche down and just figure out what's working and then just keep going in that in that way. Just, just talk to people. It's so hard to do that. <laughs> talk to people. Just uh, I, I love to that. everyone. I do graphic yeah. and website. I think that's, you know, I think what you've done really well is to not be afraid to do that. And you've just gone, you know, this is what I do. This is how I can help you. Um, you know, and, and not, not every conversation is going to be, hey, I'm clean graphic design, but it's, it's more, let's get to know each other. And that's how we met and was like, hey, you know, what are you doing? And we actually, I think you started up a run club at Hub and that was something that, um, you know, like, yeah, let's go for a run. And then that's how we kind of connected. And, and that's um, through a mutual interest. It wasn't even about business, right? It was, it was just like, this, this is what we, we care about. And um, I love that you've just chosen one community. Wherever you go, I'm just going to plug in, meet people, get introductions, be of value. Um, and now you're doing that online. I know you're in, in, in uh, it's the Being Boss community. Or I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm in the same similar thing for me like i just look at one i'm in two communities but uh, that's it like i don't go mm -hmm. into 10 groups and trying to work it all out because it's just too many people too much for my brain can't handle it um and people just you get lost in in, in the sea of people honestly like yeah. if you are the only graphic designer inside of a coding space like you've we've got it right like yeah it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah i love it yeah. i i really feel like um less is more and just really put your focus where where you're 
where you feel the most comfortable and you may not see a return on investment. A lot of people are like, how many conversions did I have this month? It'll come. Some people don't become clients of mine until a few years after they've heard of me or a few years after they've met, but they do remember me because I talked to them about it face to face. And it's something, and I love my business and I love what I do and they can, people can feel that. So make sure you're really passionate about your business and that you speak to people about it. Yeah, one thing you've done really well is also put your portfolio up on your on your site. I know it was. I remember the journey of doing that, uh, and I think that's really huge. If you can demonstrate your work, uh, no matter what field you're in, uh, I obviously work with a lot of professional services, uh, and I'm, I'm always saying, you know, this is why I'm so big on case studies. Put your case studies on your website. Let people know what you've done and who you've helped. Uh, and if you look at Colleen's portfolio on her site, um, you'll see, you know, some really great examples of her work. Uh, and for a designer, that's just like. Number one selling point is going to be what does your design work look like, right? Um, and that's a no-brainer. All right, so I want to say thank you for joining us today, Colleen. You've been amazing. Uh, again, for everyone, you can head over to ColleenKeefe.com, check out her website, check out her work. If you need it to, some help with your design elements, uh, Colleen's the person to go to. She's my go-to, uh, and uh, this has just been a fun experience. Thanks, Colleen. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Now, just quickly, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast, uh, and you can grab all the links and things and resources on there. And also, if you are a conscious entrepreneur, got a professional services business, working B2B, uh, and you've got an interest in building influence and income through showing up, serving others, and being real, then I invite you to join my Authentic Influence Warriors Facebook group. Uh, if you want to do that, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community. Okay, thanks for joining in, and I'll see you on the next episode.